Coming directly from the horseshoe crab capital of the world. Get a leg up and get ready for the hydrant. And now, a man who doesn't know the meaning of the word syllabarium. Your host, Jim Cooper. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the hydrant. My guest today is Karen E. Osborne. Now, Karen is kind of a dual personality. You can reach out to her at theosbornegroup.com. She is a uh, philanthropist. It, well, not, and not even so much, that's probably not even the right word. She, the group in, is involved in, in philanthropy and transformational management. They've been around a long time, about 25 years, serving nonprofits, helping them make the world a better place, which is kind of Karen's focus. So that's one side. Then there's the other side, which is she's an author of mystery novels and good mystery novels. Uh, and you can reach her at KarenEOsborne.com. And she's got three novels, Getting It Right, Tangled Lies, and Reckonings, which is the most recent one. And uh, she's been involved in all sorts of storytelling. So it's it's we have these two sides going on. So I wanted to talk to her about that. So first of all, welcome to the show. I appreciate you doing this. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. I know you tell the story of telling stories when you were a kid in the Bronx and and it's just kind of grown into that. And the thing that, that kind of struck me was when you talked about writing your first book, Getting It Right, on airplanes and in the Delta Sky Club and hotel rooms around the country and the world. Having written a book myself and gone through that, I understand where that's coming from. But, but was that always in your mind once you, once you started the Osborne Group? Was writing always something that you were playing with in the back of your mind? You know, I wanted to write since I was a little girl in high school in my yearbook. It says, my, you know, unto me, it says ambition, writer. But then, you know, life, you know, husband, children, career. And then these two women started talking to me. And they just wouldn't stop. And I found out afterwards that that's very common that this is what happens to authors. You know, you have these characters in your head and they're competing and you got to pull over because talk about distracted driving. You know, when you're having these whole conversations. So then I just thought, you know, I've always wanted to do this and these women are demanding it. So I just took out my laptop and started writing. I can remember going on long walks and just the characters would pop up into my head and they'd start talking. Then I'd have to remember what they were talking about. So I got in the <laughs> habit of bringing like a little mini recorder with me. And if something came up, that was like, Ooh, I, I'd record it and then go back and write. So I get it that, that they don't leave. Once they're there, they don't leave you alone. They will not leave you. Alone. And I'm a, I'm a long walker like you are. I walk in the evenings and these in fact, beautiful sunsets. Oh my gosh. And the stories just come or a problem that I was trying to figure out, a plot twist that I was working on. And then it just, it just comes to me, but I don't carry a recorder. So thank you, Jim. I need to, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Because I'm like, don't forget this. Don't forget this. <laughs> well, and now, now you don't need the extra one. You can do it on your phone. They have all the voice memo apps on your phone. So you just like, you can, you know, like me walk around talking to yourself and people give yes. you weird looks. It's just like, <laughs> So let's let's flip it a little bit from the philanthropy side. 
the Osborne Group. What got you going in that? What spoke to you up here to say, hey, you know, this is something that is a need that needs to be filled? So I had been for 18 years uh, a, a fundraiser. I worked in higher education, and my last job was a VP at a small liberal arts college, Tr- Trinity College. And I was there for five years and three presidents. And so when there was one president too many, I called my husband and I said, I've just quit my job. And he said, whoa, baby, whoa, whoa, let's talk about this. And I said, no, 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 no. And I stomped out. And so he really, he's always been the wind beneath my wings, uh, to use a cliche. So he said to me, Karen, just hang out your shingle. People know you. Because I'd been volunteering for 18 years, mm-hmm. teach, teaching all over, going to, you know, going to conferences. And so people sat in my classrooms from all over the world. And he just convinced me, he said, if you let people know that you're now a consultant, they'll come. And, and he was right. I never lost one day of pay. And you ended up also doing some teaching on the side at Johns Hopkins, right? I did for seven years. I was an wow. adjunct. I was, um, I love you, Johns Hopkins University, but adjunct faculty members are pretty much indentured servants. You know, they are. <laughs> Nobody loves you. So you have to do it because you either don't need the money. Or if it's a career, a lot of them have to piece. It's like a gig economy. They have to piece different gigs around right. instead of just. And some of these major universities have 50 percent of their faculty are adjuncts. And it's it. And I never realized that before. And there's a there's a woman name of Tina Perkins, who's in the voiceover industry, and she's doing that kind of thing. And she did it at uh, Syracuse this mm-hmm. year. And she was kind enough to reach out to me. And we actually, I actually did like an audiobook class with, mm-hmm. with some of the grad students, but it's, she's doing the same thing. She's like an adjunct professor doing all these different voiceover things. So th- that kind of clued me into, wow, this is, this is almost like a, a secondary career for a lot of people. Yeah, it was fun. I, I loved, I loved teaching. It was graduate students. So I really, and I love philanthropy and I love people and I, and I look at it from every side. So I was a fundraiser, right? Asking people right. for money, uh, big money. And then I was a consultant teaching people how to do this, but I'm also a donor and a board member. I'm the chair of the board of um, Easter Seals, Florida, for example. So, yeah, so I really do look at it from all sides and gives you a good perspective about generosity and the difference that people can make. Right. Especially these days, that, that type of work has become so critical where the, the separation just keeps growing and growing and growing between the needs and the haves and the not haves and that kind of thing. So um, I applaud you for doing that kind of work. That's, that's just awesome. It fills you up. And you know, it's interesting, the divide, you know, the, the political divide is so intense out there in the world, but where you will find people like that working together is on a nonprofit board. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what they have in common is the mission. What they have in common is we have to solve this problem and we have to feed people or we have to help people with disabilities or whatever it is. And so there you have politically 
wouldn't invite you over for dinner kinds of people. <laughs> but, but there we are working together on a board, solving problems together. And that's pretty amazing. You know, and given the state of the economy and the divide and the political atmosphere and all that stuff, has there been, do you perceive there to be a drop in, not in the act of philanthropy, but people giving versus, you know, 10, 15 years ago? Is it, is it getting tougher and tougher to, to find donors? What's so amazing, Jim, what is so amazing is that American people Actually, philanthropy has taken over all over the world. It's, 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 mm. you know, we've exported it pretty much. And it's one of our best exports, but uh, people continue to give. People continue to give. And some of the most generous people I know are some of the poorest people I know, you know, because they look and they, they, they just share what little they have. They find a way. Um, generosity is a powerful, powerful, I don't know what's the right word to use for it, thing, a powerful force, you know? And and I love asking people, what, you know, like I would ask you if we were just meeting and not doing this, I would say to you, how did you learn to be generous? How Mm. did you learn, you know? What a great question. People, it makes people go back in their minds. You know, was it mom and dad? What didn't happen until I was in school? Was it in my um, religious, you know, uh, synagogue or church? How did I learn the joy of giving and the importance of generosity? I love asking that question. It's a great question. I might have to add it to my list of questions because it is, it, is, it is a great question. And, you know, I, I love watching things and, and seeing things that embody that spirit. There was a show on, I forget, oh, it was about uh, tornadoes and the damage that it does. And, and they, they focused a little bit on New Orleans again because the, mm-hmm. New Orleans just seems to be a magnet for every disaster that can come along. There was a guy who was just, he was, he was a chef. And when, and, oh, it was in Tennessee. That's what it was. And when they got wiped out in a tornado, he just went out with his little truck and started cooking food for yes. people. I mean, it's just like people yes. have to eat. And it's like, it was, to him, it was all about community. And it's like the people that stay in this community that are going to help out are the true people of this community that bring people together, which is just so needed in this day and age it to is. bring people together instead of trying to separate us, which you're is you're exactly right. And you're standing on a line feeding homeless people and you don't know the person's politics who's standing next to you, who's helping you. And you don't know the politics of the people who are coming to get the food. You just know that you're doing something right. And there are people who are in need. Which should be the focus. I mean, it shouldn't matter what everybody's politics. It, it just doesn't matter if it's it's. Let's come together in this time of splitting apart, and let's put all that aside, and just we need to focus on doing X because X is desperately needed from a human Desper- standpoint. Desperately needed, and it's such a wonderful feeling when you walk away and know that you've that somebody wasn't hungry today. Right. You know, or that somebody got an education that they wouldn't have or, you know, it's it's um, it just makes you feel good. You know, when I talk about the joy of, of giving, 
it is that the giver gets the, you know, that's the joy. Yes, the person receiving feels grateful or, or not or whatever, but you get this rush of joy. And it doesn't have to be large. You know, it doesn't have to be thousands or, or millions of dollars. And you talk about that joy. And based on a couple videos that I saw, I, I actually went out and just hit a couple fast food places at lunchtime and just walked up and paid for people's lunches. And it's just like the look yeah. on their face is like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, there, was, there was an elderly woman at McDonald's. She was buying a cup of coffee and an ice cream sundae, her and her husband. And they were elderly. They were at least in their 70s, if not 80s. And her, her face just looked up at me and was like, why? I was like, why not? Why not? And she gave me a hug and I said, just have a nice day and just, you know, walked out. And the feeling that I got walking out of that is just so, it is such a rush. It is it such really a, is. an endorphin hit that it is just <laughs> like, I love doing it. And it's, it's yeah. if more people would do that. And just little things here and there. Little, little things. Little acts of kindness would be. Yeah. I saw this article called Joy Snacking. And it's just the idea of just having little things that give you joy instead of something after being huge, just like giving. You know, just that gave you joy. It was a joy snack. You just, you mm. know, it just took a few minutes. It didn't take long. And yet, but I do have to correct you, sir. You said you saw these elderly people. They had to at least be in their 70s. I am 74 years old, and I am not elderly. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm 66, so it's just like I'm getting there. I apologize. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's just like, but otherwise, the story is Senior people. Okay, how about that? Senior, senior people. people. All right. All right. That, that I can go with. <laughs> okay. Before I start asking you these these bizarre questions, let's talk about Reckonings, your your latest book. How's that going? I know you're going, by the time this airs, you'll have done this already, but I know you're going to different book fairs and going out. And, and how's that experience? How does that experience fit into the philanthropy experience? You know, that is so interesting because when I do my philanthropy work, I am a featured guest. I am on the stage. I'm the person people want to talk to. When you're at a book fair with tables lined up and, you know, 100 other authors, you know, and you are not any of those things, any of those things, but it's, it's still wonderful. I love meeting readers. I love hearing, um, Having people, when Getting It Right first came out, the first one, uh, which is a story about a, a young woman who was abused as a child. I write a lot about that. And even though that's not- That, the, was, that was Kara, right? Yes, Getting It okay. Right. Yes. I can't tell you how many people came up to me at the end of every book talk. They would wait till everybody left. And then they'd say to me, it happened to me. Men, right. women- they would come up and say, and I've never, and people would say to me, I never told anybody this. You're the first person I'm telling. So that just is such a, a good feeling too, that while the books are entertaining, you know, because they are, they're page turners and they're suspense mm -hmm. and they're twisty and plot, but that they also are about human condition 
and give people a feeling that I'm not alone. Right. You know, that, yeah, that, that's, uh, and that doesn't have to define me, doesn't have to define who, who I am. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. And that, so Reckonings is, is doing good. Yeah. Tangled Lies is doing better, you know, than Reckonings, but Reckonings has only had about six months out in the world. Right. So, but Tangled Lies continues to really do great, but I have a lot of things coming up by the time that this airs, uh, several of them will have happened. And uh, so I'm feeling good about it. And you know what? Fortunately, I'm so fortunate. I am a blessed woman. I don't do this for money. You know, right. I don't need money. I'm not trying to make a living out of being a writer. So this is, well, matter of fact, my husband says it's the most expensive hobby. That I've <laughs> <laughs> and, and I understand that. I understand yes. that. But, but I love it. And I have a new one coming out in 2023. So awesome. I'm kind of John Grisham, you know, book a year. <laughs> I have I have have written and published one book and it was a while ago and I want want to get back to it one of these days and it's just and and people come up and say so how's it going how's sales and I'm like I don't care I my first book I wrote it just to prove to myself that I could do it mm. you know get it done and get it published and I'm very proud of it and I think it's a great story and what's the name fun. of it it's called Twisted Ties Twisted Ties I'm gonna look and, for it. Oh hell! I'll send you a copy. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's it's it was just fun to do, and I was able to to get it done. And you know, yeah, it's 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 sold a few things, but that wasn't the point of doing it. Yeah. It was just because the the you know you talk to to writers, and I, I think it was uh, Anne Lamott, who I adore as a writer, wrote a book called Bird by Bird, which is the process of writing and she used to teach mm. writing at school she would ask her students who who why did you get into writing and for the students that said just to get published she was like you're going to be disappointed yeah. because that's not the point the point yeah. is to write and get the joy out of writing everything else yeah. after that gravy it is and and i love i do love being that they're readers though because yes. there's something wonderful about, I have people come up to me and say, well, what happened after afterwards? And I say, well, what do you think happened? You know, I don't know. I'm hoping they're all going to be fine. I love having conversation with readers. And, and people come up to me and goes, okay, where's the sequel? And I'm like, uh, is, 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 uh, give me a chance. <laughs> give me time. <laughs> give <Yes>. me time. <laughs> I understand. So, so let's, I, uh, I agree. All right. Let me, let me ask you some of these bizarre things and we'll yes. see where it takes us. I'm ready. What profession, other than the two you've already done, would you like to attempt? I have always wanted to be a lounge singer. You know, the women that stand up, you know, they're playing the piano. Right. And she's in a slinky dress and she's got the microphone and she's singing her heart out. And people are busy talking, but then they're so like wrapped that they gets quiet because she's like amazing. Unfortunately, I am not young. I can't wear slinky and I have a terrible voice, but that's what I would like. Even my grandson asked me to please not sing. <laughs> my number one grandson, my first one. And he said, Grammy, Grammy, please don't sing. And I said, Oh, I said, that's okay. I said, nobody likes Grammy singing. And he said, no one. And I said, no one. He said, okay, you can sing. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> grandkids the best. They're just the yes, best. they are. But that's what I wish I could be. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite word? Favorite word. Now, the first one that comes to my mind is generosity, but I think also kindness. I believe in kindness. What's your least favorite word? My least favorite word. No. <laughs> Read the author's bane and the fundraiser's bane. No, except rejection is an opportunity to learn. You can fail forward. It doesn't mean I have to like the word. Right. I was taking a course, taking a course in marketing and voiceover. And the man that was teaching it said, you need to read this book. And it's a book about how to collect no's. Because that's what you're going to hear more than you're going to hear yeses. <laughs> and it was just that that kind of wisdom. It's like, you know, take this as an opportunity, not as a rejection. So Exactly. Yeah. And don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. <laughs> right. It's another big one. Yes. <laughs> what one thing can you not live without? Not live without books. How, how uh, would uh, I live without books? <laughs> I stand right there next to you. I've got piles and piles of them that are in my to read pile. So, yes. And <laughs> on my phone and on my laptop yes. and on my, my, um, I, my iPad, mm -hmm. books everywhere, everywhere. And audio books. And just and because I, I narrate them too, but I've also been tuned to them forever. My grandson, number two grandson said, I said, we're going to uh, lunch and we're going to see these people. And he said, how long is it going to take Grammy? And I said, well, I think maybe we'll be gone like a whole three hours, maybe. He said, okay, I better bring three books. <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain him. to him about politeness and talking at the, at the table, but right? That's at least books the three. And then a video game or something. So it's, <laughs> yes. That's <Okay>. cool. <laughs> that's cool. What advice would you give yourself at age 15? Um, to tell somebody. To tell somebody. You know, secrets. They, they eat at you and they, they destroy you. And I would have, I think I would have had so much less pain if I just told somebody. Yeah. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Viola Davis. I love Viola. Did you see her in The Woman King? No, oh, I didn't. My, oh my goodness, she got herself ripped. I mean, she she got <laughs> she has muscle. She's an amazing actor. I mean, she can do so much just with her head and her eyes. And as a writer, I study actors. Right. Because it helps, right? It helps you um capture things on on paper that you that you're looking at. But she so she's an amazing actor. She is. But she is she absolutely was amazing. Fierce. She was fierce. She was fierce. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Yes. If you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be? Cookies and cream. <laughs> I don't think we've had many of those. That's good. Don't you think? That's ask Bob. One. You ask my Bob, he'd tell you, oh, yeah, she's cookies and cream. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> We've been married for 54 years and he still thinks that. So there you go. Hey, something's working. <laughs> something's working. Something's working. <laughs> What's your biggest fear? Hmm, biggest fear. You know, I, this is could sound like a cop out question answer, but it's not. I don't. I don't live with any fear. I hmm. truly don't live with fear. Things. I. I worry. I have worries. You know, things that. You know, is everybody? You know, the kids okay, or is this right. going to work? You know, that kind of stuff. But I. I am not afraid. I'm not afraid of what's going to happen next. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of, I, I don't live with fear. I truly, truly live with joy. Perfect. We all should get there. Okay. I'm going to give you uh, two things here. It's kind of an either or, and you tell me what your preference is between the two of them. Okay. Eggs, omelet or scrambled? Omelet filled with vegetables. <laughs> Passenger or driver? I like being driven. I, 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 you know, I don't mind driving, but if I had my druthers, the, the, my chauffeur would pick me up on a regular basis and take me wherever. And then I could drink enough wine. I wouldn't have to worry about like, are you drinking too much wine or, you know, I mean, I, just put me in the car, take me, I sleep. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of those answers lately. It's like, uh, oh, yes. I want to be the passenger, but I have to be in the back seat. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> summer or winter? Uh, summer. We moved from New York to Florida. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet paper, over or under? Okay, this is like, the silliest, silliest thing. My husband has very strong feelings about this. He feels that it is, it should be under. That's the way you're supposed to pull it. I just put it on in any way, you know, like surprise me, you know, oh, look, it's over. <laughs> like who cares? But I understand that people have strong feelings about this. Strong is a relative word. People get militant about this. <laughs> where they, where they say, if I go into someone's house and I see it's not over, I'm changing it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Cake or pie? Oh, I have such a weakness for pie. I'm a baker. So am I. And are you? What do you like to bake? A lot of cookies, a lot of brownies. I like pies. I like cakes. So yeah, I had so my own nice. little little baking business for a while. So that was, oh. yeah. So, yeah. No, well, I'm, I love to bake and I try not to bake pies because I have a hard time not eating them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain things I know I'm, if I make, I'm going to end up eating it because my oh. wife's not a dessert person. So it's just like, <laughs> I like making it, but it's the consequences are too. It's very, yes, very dire. <laughs> right. Book or Kindle? Uh, so I love holding a book. Mm. I love holding a book. Can't travel, though, with three books, right. you know, and which I used to do. I used to travel with, you know, with all of them, because if you finish one, you got to have another one. Absolutely. So having an e-reader, having Audible is is just a wonderful thing. But I still love holding books and I still choose which books I buy 
this way versus uh, ebook mm. or order, audible book. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Let's move into these uh, would you rather questions and see what kind of trouble we can get in here. What superpower would you rather have the ability to unlock every door or the ability to shape shift? Shape shift. That would be so cool. And people wouldn't know. I'd be the cat sitting over there just watching and they would have no idea it was me and I'd listen. I love hearing conversations that I'm not supposed to hear. You know, a friend gave me a, a shirt that said, be careful what you say to her. You're going to end up in her novel. Yes. Right. Yes. So if I would, could be a cat or I could be just somebody, a bird, you know, and then when they seem like they're not taking good care of me, just get back to being me. <laughs> <laughs> my sister gave me that same shirt. I have a, I have one of those shirts. <laughs> I, I get it. Would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? Oh, green? Because standing in line, I'm listening to a book. I'm writing in my head. I'm watching the people in front of me. But in the car... Standing, you know, sitting there waiting for the light to turn green is not as much fun. Because right. I have to stay, yeah, got to stay focused on what I'm doing. And Unless you have like an audiobook playing in the car. but Which I often do. I do which too. I, plus, I like the, the station that has um, like Gunsmoke and these old radio shows. The old radio shows, yeah. Yes, I like those. Would you rather live in a haunted castle or an abandoned train station? Oh, geez, Louise. <laughs> a haunted castle. I guess I'd go with the haunted castle. And I would try and use it for research. <laughs> There's a true writer for you. <laughs> and see if I could talk to some of the ghosts. You know, like, tell me what's going on with you. Just talk right. to me. <laughs> would you rather be able to breathe underwater or fly? I'd love to fly. That would be that would be so so cool. Would you rather have telekinesis, the ability to move things with your mind, or telepathy, the ability to read people's minds? Of course, telepathy. Right. This is this is both the writer and the fundraiser needs telepathy. <laughs> we need we need Good to point. know what you're really thinking because I need it for my story or I need it for. She's sitting there thinking, I'm never giving this woman a dime. And I'm thinking, you know, and I'm thinking, I was thinking it was all going well. And now, boom, shift. <laughs> right. So, telepathy. Big time saver. Big time. Big time saver. <laughs> Would you rather have everything you are thinking appear above your head in a bubble for everyone to see or have absolutely everything you do be live streamed for everyone to see. This is an awful choice, Jim. Yes, it this is. is. This, this is question. really, I'm sure somebody has question. talked to you about this one. Yes, yes. I think it was uh, PJ Oakland, who's an actor, just kind of looked at me and was like, this is the seventh circle of hell. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this, question. this is a really bad one. This mm -hmm. is like, a bubble over my head? 
or live stream. I, I guess the bubble, but it's, 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 it would all be bad. People would be, <laughs> people would be like, Oh my God, Karen, I always thought you were fill in the blank. And now I know this is who you are. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is good. This would be so bad. So bad. <laughs> If someone came to you and said, I really want to be a writer, what's the first thing you would tell them to do? You know, to, to write. To, if you want to be a writer, writers write. That's the first thing. But I would also say, um, study your craft. Mm -hmm. And you never, and no matter how long you've been writing, how successful you are, you want to always keep trying to be better. You want to learn your craft. Learn your craft from reading great writers. Learn your craft by reading your, your genre. Learn your craft by taking you know, classes, whatever. Whatever, you know, having a coach. Um, I have a writing coach right now because uh, I'm writing historical fiction and I never, I've never written oh, cool. historical fiction before. And, and I hate research. So this is an odd choice. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is a really odd choice. I like making stuff up. Uh, but I just study your craft. Study your craft. Yeah. That's great. Thank you for doing this. That was, was pretty nice. painless, wasn't it? It was. Thank you. So now please, please thank the young woman who invited me. <laughs> I wasn't sure, you know, but now that we've finished. I'll, I'll tell her. I'm tell delighted. Her. Thank you so you much. Can, you can find out more about Karen. Find out about her books at KarenOsborne.com or just go to Karen Amazon. E Karen E. Osborne. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I knew I was going to screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> Pick any of her books. And I'm looking forward to reading Reckonings. I've read Getting It Right, which was wonderful. And uh, so check out there. Or should I tell people about the Osborne Group? Okay. Okay. My son owns the company now. So okay, help, Go help my son. <laughs> Go to the OsborneGroup.com. You can find out all about philanthropy opportunities and and even if you want to bring that into your own company how to how to go about doing that and and that sort of thing so once again thank you appreciate you doing this thank you had a great time we'll see you again next time on the hydrant you made it through yet another episode of the hydrant well done big thanks to allison Steele for episode announcing for outstanding VO coaching and voice acting services, visit AllisonSteele.com. That's Allison with a Y and Steele with no E at the end. And no, she is not the Nightbird. This episode was mixed and mastered by Roman Barry at Voices and Sound Studios. Visit Voices and Sound at VoicesAndSound.com and ask to see Roman's Aquarium. Shoot me an email with any comments, questions, or worthwhile recipes at BigDog at JimCooperVO.com. Next week, the steady stream of outstanding guests continue as the pack reconvenes at The Hydrant. Thank you for hanging out with us, and be sure to join us next week for more fun and foolishness 